I'm Maggie John, and this is Context Beyond the Headlines, a place for conversations with newsmakers, culture shapers, and peacekeepers, where we explore the intersection between faith, justice, ethics, and society. This week in part two of our conversation on the power of an apology, we explore the power of a genuine apology. On Friday, April the 1st, 2022, Pope Francis uttered three words, the world, and more importantly, indigenous Métis and Inuit people had been waiting to hear for generations. I am sorry. Offering an apology for the atrocities committed by the church he leads was powerful to some and not enough for others. Today, we speak to one man who has studied apologies and has written extensively about them. And later on in the show, we discuss our so what. Before we go ahead with any show idea, we formulate a so what statement. Essentially, we ask ourselves, why would someone care? Our senior producer, Hannah Vanderkoy, joins me to discuss why today's topic made the cut and her thoughts on the Pope's apology. I don't know about you, but if you've ever received an apology and there was no empathy, yes, <laughs> it, it didn't go anywhere, right? Right. There was probably a but or a if yeah. in the conversation yes. as well. I'm sorry that. I'm sorry. I'm if, sorry if right. you felt that way. That does that, that, that doesn't cut it. I'm joined by my friend Andrew Blackwood, the author of the book "The Art of a Genuine Apology: Bringing Healing to Your Most." significant relationships. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Apologies have been in the news a lot lately. Uh, we've heard of the papal apology that happened just a couple of months ago. You know, The Pope has officially apologized to the indigenous people of this land for the atrocities that have been committed against their people over centuries. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the importance and the power of an apology. Yeah. Well, an apology is a lot more than just words. Mm. Because in an effective apology, what I would consider a genuine apology, um, you don't even need to even say the word sorry because there are other elements that really address the other person's pain. It's really about addressing emotional wounds. Mm. So when I think about the genuine apology, it's not just about sincerity. It means there are certain elements that are going to be present. So I think about the values, the five values woven into a genuine apology, humility, empathy, vulnerability, responsibility, and accountability. Mm. These things are present. And when we give these things as a gift to a people, a person or a people, it has the power to address those emotional wounds, things that have happened in the past, because we carry those things with us into the present. We can't change the past, but we can address it. So you're saying sorry is just a part of, and doesn't even have to be a part of the apology. These other five elements are crucial for an effective apology. 100%. Let's walk through those. So humility, I heard was the first one. Humility. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So, um, it takes humility to acknowledge when you're wrong, yeah. right? Because nobody's perfect. Yeah. So at some point, everyone is going to do something wrong, whether it's a mistake, which is an accident, mm-hmm. or a bad or wrong decision. Mm-hmm. So it requires humility. And a lot of people move away from apologizing because they experience humility as humiliation, but the two are very different, 
right? So when we can acknowledge, you know what, I'm not perfect. I have done some wrong things. It, it, it brings us to a, so it's a sobering place of humility. And that's not dismissing, right? So because when I hear that, sometimes you can hear it as like, I'm not perfect, you know, so I did this. But, and that can sound dismissive. But what you're saying is like putting yourself in the present tense and saying, yes, I did something wrong. I did this wrong. 100%. Okay. So, you know, in addition to those five values, there are four steps okay. that you use to walk out a genuine apology. And when you do you'll see and hear and feel all those values. So it, it actually spells an acronym, live, because you want your apology to live on long after you've offered it. Mm. So L is where you list and you label the specific behavior you're apologizing for. That's why it's not dismissive, I'm not perfect. Mm. No, you're, you're gonna go beyond being I'm not perfect to saying this is what I did. Mm. That's where that responsibility piece comes in. You're taking responsibility and you're being very specific, very clear. Mm. Okay, let's go through the other five. So there's humility. What was the next one? Empathy. Empathy. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that's important for an apology. <laughs> it sure is. So I, I consider um, emotions the language of the heart. Mm. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever received an apology and there was no empathy, yes, it, it, it didn't go anywhere, right? <laughs> right. There was probably a but or a if yeah. in the conversation yes. as well. I'm sorry that. I'm sorry. I'm if, sorry if right. you felt that way. That, does, that, that, that doesn't cut right. it. <laughs> that doesn't yes. cut it at all, yeah. right? But when you can feel on some level and relate to on some level what someone else has experienced then you're experiencing and practicing empathy. And that's what reconnects the heart. It even goes to the point, it's even more powerful when you can actually label the emotion, yeah. right? That the people have experienced. And that's one of the things that I think um, organizations don't do as well and people don't do as well. They might come close, they might give a general acknowledgement about a particular thing or a particular result, but they don't label specifically, this is what I or we did, and I imagine it made you feel this way. Being very specific about yeah. what you're apologizing about. Yeah, yeah. And, and the emotion, because everyone's a little bit different. Yeah. So I talked before about carrying wounds with us, we carry them and everyone's different. So they're going to carry it different. It's going to mean something different to each person, yeah. which is why an apology, a genuine apology is actually going to be a dialogue because you want to know you got it right. Yeah. Right. So if I've done something to hurt you, I might imagine that you're upset with me or you must, you must have felt angry, but you actually might've felt betrayed. You might've felt, you know, depressed. You might've felt a whole bunch of things. So when I can dialogue with you and get a sense of how it impacted you, then I can speak to it. I can be like, yeah, I understand. I felt, I felt desperate before. I felt betrayed before. I know what that's like. And that's not what I want. I don't want you to carry that with you anymore. I am sorry for causing you to feel whatever it was. It moves that apology to a deeper level because now... I, we're, we're talking the language of the heart. I'm looking into your eyes and I can see not only sincerity, but I can feel the empathy. So that's interesting. So you're saying an apology is also a conversation. 100%. As well, because so many times I've had to apologize to people. I just feel like you have to go in, say it, 
with conviction and then hopefully the person says I accept your apology and you go back to living life but you're saying this is a this is a two-way street this is a conversation to really show that empathy that you understand where that person's coming from 100 percent, because there are different degrees of hurt so if I bump into somebody on the street, I'm not going to go through the four steps of a genuine right. apology. Right. Excuse me, pardon me, I'm sorry. You know, Canadians, that's what we do, Yeah. right? However, if there's a degree of loss and pain that you've experienced, that's not going to cut it, mm-hmm. right? It, it's important for there to be a dialogue, especially if we're going to be talking about reconciliation. Yeah. Because a genuine apology is a bridge from forgiveness to reconciliation, Right. If you do not have these elements woven into your apology, you haven't yet started to build a bridge into reconciliation because an apology is about the past, but reconciliation is about the future. Yeah. Okay. Humility, empathy. We've got vulnerability. 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 And that not only comes in when you can revisit what you've done or what you didn't do. Yes. Sometimes it's important to apologize for, I didn't take action sooner. Um, but vulnerability comes in, especially when we do that uh, dialogue part, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of the, the last step. You really want to, you know, get to the point where you then say, okay, can you give me some feedback, mm-hmm. right? How are you feeling about my apology? Did I miss anything, mm-hmm. right? Because I want to get this right. And that's a sense of, yeah, your last point, I want to get this right. I want us to heal. I want us to be able to move forward and not dismiss anything that you've gone through. Make sure that things are covered. That's, that's truly inside internally wanting healing. That's right. And not just wanting to hear, I'm sorry. Right. You know, or not wanting to hear, okay, I accept your apology. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. What's the next one? So, uh, after vulnerability, we're talking about responsibility and accountability and they go hand in hand. Right? So when you say, I am responsible for this, yes. that's because a lot of times, especially when it comes to organizations and, and larger bodies, it makes it a little bit more complicated to apologize because are you, in fact, responsible? Right. Right? How can you apologize for something you're not responsible for? That's not fair. It makes it, you know, it's not genuine. Yeah. Right? So, in the book, I talk about a compassionate acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'm not responsible, I can still acknowledge with compassion what happened to you. Yet at the same time, when you become a leader of an organization, there is some degree of responsibility that you have. So that's up to the person to take a look. You know, like I said, I may have left some things undone. I didn't fill my role 100%. Oh, I knew this was happening and I prioritized this and I didn't attend to that. That's on me, right? So I think that's often missing, whether it's because of liability, people are hesitant to kind of really be that vulnerable and that transparent. Mm -hmm. But I think if we really want healing and we really want to restore credibility and build trust, Mm -hmm. that is essential. Mm -hmm. That is essential because if I can't trust you to acknowledge your part in the past, why would I trust you to do something different in the future? Yeah. yeah. Explain the difference. I, I did notice that you talked about compassionate acknowledgement and apology. And I feel like we can get those two mixed up. 
And, and explain to me why sometimes a compassionate acknowledgement is more appropriate than an apology. Sure. The difference is uh, responsibility. Okay. A lot of people move away from addressing other people's pain because they don't want to apologize. And there could be many reasons for not wanting to apologize. Yeah. One of them is if you do not believe that you are responsible. Because you do more harm than good if you apologize and take responsibility for something that you're not responsible for. I, I see it in so many different contexts, right? But the easiest one to, to see is with a parent and child, for example. If you say, you know what, I'm sorry that you're not able to go to the, the, the party, right? You're then taking responsibility for, they're not going to the party because they didn't do the homework. Right. That's, right. don't be yes. sorry about that. You can express empathy. You can say, you know, I feel your disappointment. I can see that you're genuinely sad. And it makes me sad to see you this way, right? And I don't want that for you. So what are we going to do next time around? What's going to be different? I'm not apologizing because that's right. not my responsibility, right? So similarly, sometimes people hesitate to apologize. And another reason is because they might have done part of something. They might be partly responsible and they don't want to take the blame for the whole thing, mm -hmm. which is why that L in the acronym LIVE is important. You label the specific part that you're mm. responsible for. But if you're not responsible for anything, it's best not to apologize, yeah. but you can still acknowledge the person's pain with a compassionate acknowledgement. So it's responsibility is really the difference between the two. How about also internally looking inside if you have a problem apologizing? <laughs> many, many people do. Right? Like yeah. if, if, if you're always just stuck with just admitting that you did something wrong, is there, talk to me as a psychotherapist about how we get through that so that we do feel like, yeah, that's actually a part of loving somebody is apologizing when we've done something wrong. You know, it, you know, even as I've transitioned out of psychotherapy into coaching, yeah. I still see the same dynamic when, and it varies across different families and different cultures, mm -hmm. right? We all have a history with apologies. Mm -hmm. So if you grew up in a family where there were no apologies given, right. Or you grew up in a family where you were always apologizing. You grow up with these ideas and these feelings and these thoughts and beliefs about apologies. And we carry these things. So if we're not really intentional about it, then we could be continuing certain patterns or we could be trying to avoid certain patterns which have absolutely nothing to do with the issue at hand, right? So when people are having trouble with apologies, it is important to look at that and, you know, do an inventory. There are lots of questions in the book that help you to figure out, you know, where is this coming from, yeah. right? Because like I said before, sometimes people don't want to apologize because they don't want to take full responsibility because they're not entirely responsible, mm -hmm. especially in relationships. It takes two, yeah. right? So very rarely is one person totally wrong. Right. Very rarely is it not a sequence of events that have led to this particular situation. So when somebody apologizes, yes, it's important that there are no strings attached. You're not apologizing so that this person can forgive you or you can get back to you know the way things were. Mm -hmm. You're apologizing because you want to address their pain, mm -hmm. which is why you want to be very particular about what you are apologizing for mm -hmm. and what you're not. Yeah. 
We touched on it a little bit at the beginning. Talk to me about how you can apologize incorrectly. <laughs> there, there are lots of ways you can apologize yep. incorrectly. Okay, so I, we already mentioned the but. Yes. Right? Do not include a but in your apology. Yep. Okay, I apologize, but I'm sorry, or if. Mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, and, and I'm sorry that. Mm-hmm. Get rid of that language altogether. Yep. Um, another thing that people do that's not helpful is explaining why they did what they did. Right. For the most part, people don't care. Yeah. <laughs> nobody wants yes. to hear why you did it. Yeah. I shouldn't say nobody. Very rarely do people want to hear why you did it. There are some people who are genuinely perplexed and have no idea, right? So you get to discern, okay, is this the best time for me to help them understand Mm. how I did what I did? But by and large, it's going to sound like an excuse. There is a difference between an explanation and excuse. And the real defining aspect of it is the timing. So if there is something that you want to come back and address and you want this person to know the contributing factors that led to this decision or whatnot, I would say, wait, mm. offer the genuine apology, go through the, the, the four steps and then come back another day, another time, and then offer that explanation if, if necessary. And how do you know if a, an apology has been successful? Like sometimes it takes people time. To, to acknowledge or appreciate or accept your apology? It, is it, am I, do I need to walk away from that conversation? If I'm apologizing to you, Andrew, hearing you say, thank you, Maggie, I accept your apology. Or should I just be more content about apologizing and leaving it to you to then decide if you accept it or not? What is, what is the right yeah. way to do that? 100%. I call it no strings attached. Okay. So you do. You may have a hope, but not an expectation for the person to accept your yeah. apology. That's not why you're doing it. That's not the primary reason. So you can sincerely want to be reconciled with this person, mm-hmm. but that's not the correct focus. The focus is I'm addressing your pain. If we are reconciled down the road, that would be wonderful. But right now, it's about your pain. So it, it makes a difference because you're not thinking about yourself. You're not trying to make yourself feel better. You're not trying to have a better future for yourself. You're trying to address the wound that you've caused. Yeah. So um, when I found when people go through these four steps, it really does a lot of healing really quickly. Mm. Because again, people are hearing, the, they're, 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 they're seeing you take responsibility. So the acknowledgement is big. Yeah. Then there is the empathy piece, which starts to reconnect the heart. Yeah. But then when we move into the third step, so the L is list, what you did. I is you imagine the impact. That's where we have the empathy and you want to list the emotion, label the emotion. But then the V, that's when you verbalize a commitment to a plan of action. Mm. This is what most people have no idea about. So does that mean the person that's apologizing commits to that? action but you the person that's receiving the apology doesn't have to commit to that action no, okay no no interesting no so um if i've done something to hurt someone yeah it's there's two parts here to that that third step the v where you verbalize a commitment to a plan of action because you cannot commit to a plan of action that you have not defined right so that plan of action is going to be based on understanding 
how you did what you did, which means it takes time. You get to go away and look at all the sequence of events, right, that may have spanned your entire life or just that moment to say, oh, this is how I ended up here. And most people don't do that. So they may be sincerely sorry, but they don't have an understanding of what it was that led them to do it. So what happens? They end up doing it again. again. Yeah. And then that apology, not only is it worthless, but it's actually wounding them every time you apologize. Because are you like, it's, it's crazy making, are you sorry or you're not? Because if you are sorry, why are you doing it again? Right? So when we take the time to look at ourselves and, Again, that's responsibility, but we also grow because a lot of the pains that we cause other people is from pains that we've experienced. And a lot of people have unresolved stuff, unhealed pain, right? Hurting people hurt people, right? And it's often younger parts of ourselves. I don't believe we age entirely comprehensively, you know, with our chronology, mm-hmm. right? There are parts of us that are seven yeah. and 10 and yeah. 15. And if you're thinking like a seven-year-old in a 45-year-old's body in a marriage, you're going to have some problems, yeah. right? So it's not until you say, oh, this is where this is coming from. And then, oh, okay, when I feel this way, this is what I end up doing. I end up pulling away. I end up doing this. Okay, so when I feel this way, this is what I'm going to do instead. And it's that portion that you take to the person to say, you know what, when I'm feeling this way, this is what I'm going to do instead, because that's not your responsibility. This is my responsibility. So in the context of an organization, mm-hmm. so we've seen with the Pope and the Vatican, mm-hmm. we're seeing even now there are calls for the queen, who's the head of the Anglican church to apologize for the atrocities here in this country as well. How does an organization look at that saying, okay, if we're going to apologize, how do we hold ourselves accountable for not making this mistake again? Right. So again, I, you know me, words, I wouldn't say it was a mistake. Okay. I would say these were choices. These were decisions. So every organization is made up of individuals. So it's important for every individual to look at themselves to really do that inventory, right? Was I aware of this? Where did this, did I, was I complicit in this? And then you bring all of that to this larger discussion, right? I know that there are benefits to having an organization. Sometimes, you know, there's, you know, liability issues and organizations can be, you know, protected from liability, but then where's the vulnerability, right? right? So I know there's, organizations, people, they want to live. They, they yeah. don't want to, they don't, who wants to suffer? But sometimes you will suffer loss when you acknowledge and take responsibility, yeah. right? So as an organization, it's important to do that work. What did we miss? Or who was in charge when this was happening? Was I aware? Was I not aware? And everybody t- gets to take responsibility. And then you say, okay, this happened because of this reason, this reason, this reason. What are we going to do differently moving forward? Mm-hmm. And then there's the idea of uh, reparation. How do we address this, right? Because some people, it's not about the money. Yeah. Like you cannot bring my child back. Yeah. You cannot undo what you did. All I want is acknowledgement, mm-hmm. right? And whereas some people, they've suffered generational patterns of chronic illness, abuse, and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah. I'll take some money. I really will, right? So it, it, it depends. 
but from the organization, I think it does start with the responsibility. It does start with the acknowledgement. It does start with saying, okay, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. And then, then we're now starting to talk about reconciliation, mm -hmm. right? So all this stuff happens even before we start talking about reconciliation. I love how you clarify the, di the difference between mistake and choice. Mm -hmm. That's, that is so important. Okay. As we're winding down, you talk about apologizer's remorse. What is this? Well, so that goes back to the whole responsibility piece. Okay. Sometimes people apologize and they're not responsible. Okay. And then they feel bad. They're upset with themselves, right? Especially when it backfires on them and the person does what they did in the first place, yeah. right? Let's say somebody's crossing the line with you and you get stern with them and they feel bad. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm sorry. No, you're not sorry. <laughs> you're not sorry. They crossed the line. Right. Right. Maybe your tone was a little harsh because it had built up in you for a number of mm -hmm. years. Well, then you apologize for the harsh tone, but you don't apologize for making the boundary clear. Mm -hmm. So if we apologize and then somebody st does the same thing again, you're going to be upset. Another reason why people experience apologizers' remorse is because there are strings attached. Mm. They expect an apology in return and they don't get one. Or they think that apologies and reconciliation are the same and it's automatic, right? So I apologize to you. Why don't, why don't you forgive me? Yeah. Well, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have offered the apology then. Well, then really was it about their wound and you taking responsibility or is it about what you wanted? Yeah. How do you accept an apology well? That needs to be part two of this book. But I think there is also an art in just accepting somebody's apology as well. And there's some humility that comes into that? Well, I mean, I think when an apology is genuine and it hits all those points, yeah. it's actually easy to do. Okay. Um, but when you don't believe that someone is sincere, yeah. right. you're not going to be very receptive. Right. And sometimes the pain is so much that you're not ready yeah. to accept the apology. So the apology might be perfect, but the timing is really not. So I encourage people to be prepared to offer that apology more than once. And I don't mean like a lifetime of apologizing for the same thing, because that's a lot, a lot of people end up doing. Mm -hmm. In those situations, really, they probably haven't gone through all the steps. Mm -hmm. But when somebody isn't receptive, it's usually because the pain hasn't been addressed well enough. And so when there's an emotional wound, there is, there is a loss. If there's a transgression or a wound, there's been a loss. And a lot of people think about grief when it comes to death, but they don't think about grief when it comes to emotional wounds. Mm -hmm. So people have lost faith. They've lost hope. They've lost dreams. They've lost, like, I've lived my whole life waiting for you, and then you come into my life and do this? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't want your apology. Right. Right? They may be in a point of grief, and they were like, I want my stuff back. Right, so it's 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 a journey that they get to go through, and to the point where they've experienced healing, and then they can consider reconciliation or 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 just forgiveness, mm -hmm. right? Because all three are different. There's forgiveness, there's the genuine apology, and reconciliation, and the three are very different. Mm -hmm. So, what is the last step, the crucial last step of an apology? Sure, the last step in the live formula is. E, you extend an invitation for someone to give you feedback about your apology, 
right? And that's where we talked about before that vulnerability piece. Yeah. Because you're saying, okay, do you have anything to say to me? You're really opening yourself up to that yeah. person, right? Um, it's a vulnerable place to be, but it is, it's an important thing for people to be able to speak to the pain that they experienced, which is what I was watching as, you know, the indigenous community and delegates were talking about what it was like to talk with the Pope. And you didn't see it in their the apology, but there were conversations leading up to it. There were personal exchanges, which they spoke about, which meant a lot to them. So there was that element of a dialogue that was there. But yeah, I think that's a, a part that most people miss, but we miss out on that learning too, right? When somebody can say, you know what? Yeah, I accept your apology, but this was the thing that really hurt me the most, right? Or when they, when somebody turns around and says, yeah, I accept your apology. And I realize that this is bigger than you. This has to do with this and this and this. So I, I am sorry too. I love it when people turn around and they offer that apology in return, right? It's a, another sign of healing. Um, it's not the expectation, but it does happen, right? It does happen. Oh, this is so good. Thank you again. Andrew Blackwood, the author of The Art of a Genuine Apology, Bringing Healing to Your Most Significant Relationships. You've taught me a lot in this short period of time. This is good. <laughs> cool. Thank you. You're so welcome. I'm now joined by our senior producer, Hannah Vanderkoy, for our So What segment. Hey, Hannah. Hey there. So... Uh, we have been discussing apologies. This is our second part of a two-part series. Uh, why, why delve into this topic? Yeah, I think we wanted to delve into this a little deeper. Um, after the Pope apologized, I think you called me up and said, what about the art of an apology? Like what goes into an apology? Um, obviously with Andrew in mind. And there wasn't room in the show, but we did think it would make for a, a good deeper discussion. And this is something, of course, that goes beyond the Pope's apology. Yeah. But when we look at the uh, at what the Pope said, as well as, you know, now it's been a couple months mm -hmm. and sort of how people have reacted since. Mm -hmm. I think people were almost, um, I want to say shocked when yes. he first apologized. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and now they've had time to kind of think about it and think about what the apology means and what's next especially as he comes to Canada. Yeah. So usually these conversations last hours with Hannah and I, <laughs> we're throwing out all of this stuff. And yes, I do remember that conversation, just like what goes into an apology? How do you craft a, you know, and, and just the thought behind that. And yeah, I think you're right. I think um, initially there was a lot of shock and then people started kind of breaking it down, reading it line by line, picking it apart. And I think when the Pope comes to Canada, there's going to be an opportunity for him to hopefully really, what's the word, um, solidify maybe the words that he's spoken, maybe clarify some things, because there are some people that felt uh, like it wasn't enough. Yeah, and, and I think what the, they took issue with is he apologized for members of the Catholic Church, yeah. so he didn't apologize for the institution. Archbishop Richard Smith, who's sort of the Canadian organizer of the Pope visit, says he will at least reiterate the apology mm. um, on Canadian soil. So I do wonder if it will go further. Mm. 
there's also been calls um, from indigenous communities to craft the apology with him. Mm. Interesting. And at first I wasn't sure how I felt about it. Yeah. What do you think? Well, in light of what we heard from Andrew, right? Like there, it's all, it sounds like there's an interaction back and forth. It's not just the person who's done the wrong presenting and saying, I apologize, but it really is a, a conversation, which in apologies that I've been a part of and when I've apologized, there hasn't always been that interaction. Right. Um, so I kind of think that that makes sense. Yeah. At first I thought, you can't tell someone how to apologize. But yeah. then listening to Andrew and he says, it's really a dialogue. Yeah. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And you can tell someone and, and have input. And that's a way of really being heard. And that's yes. a lot of feedback. Um, Cassidy said it mm-hmm. in our last podcast that people finally felt heard. Yep. And so working with the Pope or the Vatican on the apology, I think is just another step. Yeah. And Andrew, Andrew says it's a step towards forgiveness and eventually reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And is that not our goal? The Pope's trip is called um, a, a journey of healing and reconciliation. Yeah. What were you, some of your thoughts of Andrew's uh, interview? I thought, like, I didn't realize how complex an apology could be how layered an apology could be. Um, Yeah. What did you think? Yeah. There's a lot that goes into a A genuine genuine apology. apology. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And it's hard to consider it all right. When you do have to go uh, apologize, I am definitely a chronic, I'm sorry Mm. person. Um, It might not always be genuine. (laughs) I think it's a Canadian thing. Yep. Yep. But yeah, really sitting in, okay, why do I need to apologize? Not not the quick, I'm sorry, yeah. but the humility, empathy, vulnerability, responsibility, and accountability. Those were his five yeah. steps, just to reiterate. Yeah. It was it definitely has my mind thinking and uh definitely gonna pour into that book a little bit more. It was a good conversation with with Andrew. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks for listening to Context Beyond the Headlines podcast. Big thank you to our guest, Andrew Blackwood. Context Beyond the Headlines is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications. It is executive produced by Melissa McEachran, produced by Hannah Vanderkoy, edited by Kyle Smistra, and hosted by me, Maggie John.